everyone, and welcome back to the Full Circle Podcast. This season, we're exploring the topic of love and how it manifests in our lives. When it comes to love, we all believe in different things. Some of us believe in love at first sight. Some believe in forming a strong friendship first. And some people don't believe in true love at all. When I think about these different beliefs around love, I have to wonder, is love in the stars for each and every one of us? Is it something we can be destined to experience? And is there one true soulmate for every person? I believe we all have a soulmate and they're waiting for us in the wings for when we're ready. But joining me to answer these deeper questions is astrologer Natalie Holbrook. Natalie fuses knowledge of science, the stars and spirituality to decode the blueprint of her clients' life paths. She uses astrology birth charts to identify their greatest gifts, their unique purpose and the challenges they are here to overcome and master. Through this process, she explores everything from relationships, love, money, health, career, spirituality and so much more. Together, we'll be exploring the connection between astrology and love. And Natalie will be doing an astrology reading for me during the episode too, which I'm really looking forward to. Natalie believes that the stars are always supporting you, which I just love the sound of. So I'm really excited to get stuck into our conversation and learn more. really been looking forward actually to having our conversation so welcome to the show hello Jillian thank you me as well so excited to dive into all of this today with you so I've always been fascinated with astrology being a little girl I used to always read what well in the newspapers we used to have this thing called the stars and you'd have your you know I'm an Aries star sign and you would have all of these kind of little kind of weekly kind of updates or, or, or daily updates on, on what's going to be happening in your world and stuff. So as a youngster, I, I've always read uh, kind of and followed that kind of sense of astrology. But a few years ago, I also had my Vedic chart read as well. And I thought that was tremendously interesting and really actually insightful. So I'm really keen to hear all about your story and how you actually got into astrology in the first instance, first of all. Yes, absolutely. So I was the same as you where I would always read mine as well and I'm a Taurus sun and to be completely honest there were moments that it really didn't resonate with me so I kind of always brushed it off. I was like yes I love nice things but doesn't everyone and I kind of was more in the camp of well this could relate to everybody type of thing right and then about let's see seven or eight years ago I went to Bali and I had my first birth chart reading there and I remember he didn't even go super deep into it. He just talked about the sun, moon, rising, which are your top three components of what I now like to call your cosmic personality that represent how you show up in the world, how other people perceive you, and your moon sign. And I remember that when he described my Gemini moon, which was all about learning and being curious and kind of having your hands in all of the cookie jars and sometimes even being mischievous and being a journalist, which is what I did right out of school. And I used to get into a lot of trouble for doing really silly things like pranks and which are very kind of along the lines <laughs> of Gemini energy, like just so ridiculous. <laughs> and I was like, okay, there's something to this. This is real. And I still didn't really get into it. I was actually going back to school to study holistic nutrition. And while I was doing that, I was I was really lonely, to be honest. I was, you know, I was 32 years old. I was um, 
on such a different path than a lot of my friends were who were really climbing up the way in their careers. And I was like, and I'm not going back to school with 22 year olds to study anatomy. Like this just feels awkward. And I remember I was walking on the beach one day and I was listening to a podcast about astrology and they were talking about how certain signs are just here to experience loneliness and that the Pisces energy is one of those signs. And I was like, but I don't have Pisces in my big three. How do I figure this out? Because I always felt like there was some piece of me that even though I was so fulfilled with my friends and my life, that there still was this deep loneliness. And so I went home right away, calculated my chart and saw that my Jupiter, which is the planet of expansion, was in Pisces. And I was like, I need to know everything. And so um, I started to work with a teacher one-on-one. I would go see her. I would drive actually like two and a half hours from LA to Orange County. And, you know, to be honest, within about three months, it all just came to me very quickly. And even though I was learning it, it felt that I was remembering it. It felt as if someone had maybe hit a button on me and was like, reactivate or something, because it just all came back. And at the time, I was working as a nutritionist, and I started to incorporate astrology into my clients' work because we could see, well, what is it that you're really hungry for? And we would see that in their chart and pull that in. And so now that's a lot of the work that I do. I don't do nutrition anymore. Now it's everything is all astrology. I work with clients one-on-one and in group settings. I have a school. I have a podcast. So it really consumes my life now. (laughs) (laughs) So obviously really passionate about it. And when you said that, it felt familiar, like it's something that I'm going to use my words, but I think this is how I felt when I first found coaching was that and teaching, I suppose, was that it felt like I was coming literally home and so mm-hmm. felt very familiar though you've been here before but not quite experienced it as such if that makes any sense at all absolutely yes it was kind of like oh yeah I've done this before yeah yeah and so how easy was it then for you to fall into the knowledge the learning and then getting familiar with everything that kind of is entailed in and with astrology yeah and that was the thing is that it was very easy for me it was like I would study with my teacher. And then I honestly, the fastest way that I learned is that I was obsessed with YouTube. And I would listen to these YouTube videos about all of the different planets in the signs for myself. And then I would do this for family members or even people I was dating, because that would help me to see, okay, this energy is manifested in the real world in human form like this. And it was about three or four months that it took me to just kind of know it all. And I think that it was because I've done this before. (laughs) So tell me how you use astrology. So obviously you used it with nutrition. So Mm -hmm. how do you use it now with your clients? And when clients come to you, what are they expecting from you? Yeah, so a lot of times it's looking at if there's something where, first of all, everyone wants to know what is their purpose? Why are we here? Like, let's go deeper into what is the reason that your soul came down to earth at this time? Why did we choose this? And your chart really shows you that. It shows you what you're here to master. It shows you're here what you're here to rise into. It shows the way that you think. It shows your challenges that you're going to have and your deep needs. So a lot of times people will come when either they're going through some type of transitional period or they're looking for some type of transformation. Maybe they've gone through some aspects of either trauma or even if they are, let's say they want to switch careers and they're like, you know, what is it that I really want to do? I just need a little bit of validation and guidance. And there's another piece within my work that I do, um, which is a process called Psyche. 
And what that is, is that is a tool for reprogramming and rewiring your subconscious mind. So I bridge these two together. So we'll see everything that's in somebody's chart. So like in your chart, for example, I can see that you have a lot of energy in the ninth house, which is the house of being a teacher. So let's say that before you had gone through this and you were like, I don't know, I feel like there's something different that I need to do. We could see, well, you definitely have this energy of kind of being this guru, of being an eternal student, of travel especially, of the higher mind, of what is it that you're really here to learn of the body, mind, and spirit, and to then pass that along to others. And then let's say that you weren't so confident, well, we could see, all right, well, now let's work with what are these limiting beliefs that you have around this, or what's standing in your way for you to actually do this, and use Psyche, the modality, to shift that, and you can shift it through either a feeling or through embedding an affirmation or a goal statement into your subconscious mind so you can actually live from that place. It sounds actually very similar to the work that I, I don't use the chart as such, but I think as a coach, that's kind of, we would be trying to help change the subconscious through affirmation, goal setting, positive kind of psychology tools and techniques. So there is a lot of actually similarities, but what we don't have, I suppose, is that additional knowledge that you're providing through somebody's chart. Absolutely. Yes. And and that's the fun of the chart because it's so mind blowing, to be honest, that once we start seeing these things and most of the time, you know, people are coming to me and I'm a perfect stranger to them and they're like, how do you know? And I'm like, I just see your soul. I'm sorry. (laughs) I see your purpose. But it's really interesting, isn't it? That, and I found this a lot, is this real sense of a lot of people are searching for purpose, really wanting to understand, ask those big, big questions. And I don't know about you, but I've certainly seen a a, a bigger rise of that question being raised over these last two to three years. But certainly since really, I suppose, COVID started, I've seen a lot more of those. And I don't know whether that's kind of a, a cosmic shift that's happening in the universe as a whole, that kind of sense of collective movement that you get, or whether that's just people really starting to waken up. What's your thoughts on that? Absolutely. I definitely agree with you. And we did have, at the end of 2020, this big event in astrology called the Grand Conjunction. And this is when the planet Jupiter, which is all about expansion, optimism, luck, your own abundance met in the sky with Saturn, which is about discipline and purpose and maturing and almost tough love of what are you going to do? You know, you better do something. And so when those two planets came together, they hadn't been together in 400 years. And this was also in the sign of Aquarius. And Aquarius is about the self in terms of what is it that is my innate genius? What is my creativity that I'm offering to the world? And there's kind of two sides to Aquarius. One is that where it's about the self. And the second is then, and also how am I making this world a better place? So when those came together, this was this grand spark of, okay, I'm here to do something. And I think that it really uplifted people into this purpose. And right before then, the exact time that COVID really hit There was another major incident in about December, January of 2020, which was that same planet Saturn was also in the sky with Pluto, which is the planet of death and rebirth. And so when those came together, it was literally this moment of collision of we are now living and creating a new world because something had to die for something new and beautiful to be born. That's amazing and really interesting in terms of perhaps where 
and I'm sure the listeners will resonate, certainly I can resonate with that in terms of just my own experience of something having to stop before something new has to come in. And I think it's like anything, isn't it, that when you're so full of just doing what you've always done, there's no space or no room for anything new to, to happen. So something does genuinely have to stop to create some oh. space for something new. Absolutely. And I feel like there's something about whenever you are about to step into this better version of yourself, whether it is you changing jobs, changing partners, maybe you're going to make more money, whatever that is. I always like to say that before the up level comes an initiation. And usually that initiation can be very painful (laughs) and dark. And it might feel like you're really having this, this almost death within yourself, because something does have to be created and a, a void has to be created for then this new thing to come in. And it's very painful. I know that I got COVID um, Christmas of last year of 2020. And it was right before I launched a new coaching program. And I had to go through that chrysalis, so to say, to then come out into creating something more beautiful. It's interesting as you're talking, I mean, I can speak just for myself for a moment. When COVID hit, I went through quite a a real kind of shift of where am I going in my life? What am I doing? So it very resonates with what you're talking about and also what my clients were showing up and talking about as well. But I remember walking around this field that we had in front of our house, crying for days on end and not knowing why I was crying, what was going on. But it felt like I was really grieving for something that I hadn't yet actually lost. And when I came out of that, I then decided to restructure my whole business and reshape everything that I did. And so I know that was the right thing to do. But at the time, going back to that sense of your word initiation, it did feel like I was being tested and I didn't know what what the heck I was supposed to do. But it was quite traumatic and it went on for a good few weeks until then the kind of the fog lifted and I got the clarity so I can fully appreciate what you're saying around that initiation period before then something else can start to come in for you it's really interesting isn't it absolutely and I think that one of the hardest parts of that is like you said it's a fog where we most of the time I'd say probably 95% of the time don't know why we're in that And I think that that's where we kind of go crazy in our minds or we can drive ourselves to so much anxiety or panic because it is, it's like, we're just in limbo of why is this happening? And I think that that is the point where we have to trust deeper in the universe or God or whatever you believe in, because it is happening for you, not to you. And it's like, okay, there's some dark magic that's happening here. Let's wait and see what's on the other side, if we can just get through this with, with trust. And I know you mentioned that you had COVID and then you went, to, obviously something good came out of that afterwards and you launched your new program and everything. And I'm just reflecting on some of the client work I've been doing recently. It feels that people are dealing or trying to navigate themselves through, I don't want to say full trauma, but kind of stuff that's come up over this last two years in particular maybe and trying to navigate themselves through that period and like you said not knowing why they feel the way that they feel but actually are in that circumstance and that could be illness something significantly changing it could be loss of job loss of relationship it could be a range of different things but actually then when coming out the other end There's a real big piece of learning, I think, that seems to be going with that work or that experience. Absolutely. I agree. And, you know, a big piece of what sometimes I feel is happening, too, is there's a lot of people who are highly intuitive and empathic 
and don't actually realize it. They don't realize that they're empaths. And so we have a lot of heaviness in the world today, especially if you are watching the news all the time or if you are really living in fear, you know, and you're absorbing that energy that's not yours. And it can make you tired. It can make you depressed. And sometimes we almost have to step back and be like, whoa, let me take a a tally and a note of my own life and look at what is good that's happening. And is there really a reason that I'm depressed or that I'm feeling all of these things right now? Or is this someone else's? Or is this just the bombardment of all of the fear that's out there that I'm kind of succumbing to and allowing myself to be a sponge for? And then, you know, trying to, to do whatever methods, and there's so many to let go of that. Absolutely. And from your experience, when you're working with your clients and bringing in that astrology aspect to it, are there any kind of rules or kind of tools or techniques that you would support your clients around to help them cope with not absorbing all that stuff that doesn't really belong to them? Yes, definitely. Well, the first thing is I always will look at someone's chart and see, okay, what's actually going on for you? <laughs> because there's typically something in the planets that is hitting them. And, and the way that it works is that we all have our birth chart. And what the birth chart is, is that the moment that you took your first breath, there was that moment, you know, the second that you were born, that you popped out, that that created your compass in life, your cosmic blueprint, so to say. And so that is set in stone. That's what your natal chart is. And then when the planets are moving is how they are just today or whenever, that those planets will hit your original planet placements. And that is what creates action and it activates it. So for many people, whenever the planet Saturn, for example, is hitting any of their planets, they'll usually feel some type of heaviness or depression, or there's something that is stopping them from going because Saturn wants you to slow down to get more serious, to get disciplined. And sometimes it will say, I'm going to, you know, make you sick so that you can really take time for your body to rest. Or there's this big pivot, you know, you need to break up with someone, or you know that you need to change your story around money or whatever it is. And usually Saturn is one of those planets. So I'll always look out for where's Saturn, where's Pluto, the planet of death and rebirth. And there's another planet that's a little bit difficult too called Neptune. And Neptune creates this fog for us. But the funny thing about Neptune is it's also a spiritual planet. So we can choose which way we want to dive into, whether we're in the fog or whether we're in the belief and the meditation and all of that. Thank you for sharing that. It's really interesting. Maybe we can come back to a little bit of that a bit later on. So part of this season's podcast is that we're talking about the theme of love and I'm kind of curious around if you do all the work that you do with your clients around helping them with finding love by the use of astrology. Could you share some more around that for us? Yes, absolutely. So we can do that through looking at different planets. And then we can also look at the timing. So similar to how if Saturn is something hitting something and it makes you kind of depressed, there could also be that Venus is hitting something and it brings love into your life. So I always like to first look at the planet Venus, which represents love and relationships. It's what we desire. And wherever you have your Venus is a really good indication of your love language. I always like to call it the original of the love languages, like Venus came first. (laughs) And so we can see this is what you need in love. And it's really good for looking at partnerships of can this person give me that? And can I convey that this is what I need? Because a lot of times, We're just not speaking what we need, right? So 
that's usually a big thing. And I'll even tell you yours. Yours is in Taurus, which is all about being grounded. It's about the earth and, you know, being in nature, but it's also about really nice things. Like you want the highest quality of things. It loves food. It loves art. It loves music. And it loves to take its bubble baths, you know, it's like, ah, oh, let's have some chocolate and champagne and only the <laughs> highest quality, you know, it really loves to indulge the senses. It's very sensual, you know, it, it likes the, the touch, taste, feel, smell, hear, all of those things. So just knowing that is really important because you would want someone who maybe gives you gifts like that or who compliments the things that you wear and the things that you like and probably also someone who can do acts of service because there's this practicality and groundedness to, to Taurus. So, you know, we can go through the signs and you see, all right, what is the thing that I need? And then the other piece that's really important is to look at a house called the seventh house. And so in astrology, we have 12 houses and the houses all represent different areas of our lives. And the seventh house is the area of our lives of relationships. So whatever sign rules your area of relationships is typically the way that your relationships are going to go and the people that you will be attracted to and that you will attract. So just knowing that is also really helpful so that you're not always wondering, why do I always go for this type of person? Or why do these people come to me? And I think that can give us some peace of mind. And it also, again, shows you what you really need. And you and I actually have the same one here, which is Aquarius, meaning that we like people who are different and unique and who probably, you know, are somehow different than us, but are really unapologetic in being themselves because that's that Aquarius energy too, is that they're here to make a difference in the world, but to also do things their own way. It's a little bit radical, maybe even rebellious sometimes. My husband is an Aquarius actually. So oh my it's gosh. So interesting. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Which is really interesting. And he's exactly as you described there. Absolutely. Wow. I think that's really fascinating. That's why I'm smiling and giggling as you're talking, because it's it's really, really interesting what you're saying. Yeah. Yes, it's so fun. And you know, you even have so then the next thing that we would do is we would say, Well, what planets, if there's any, are in the seventh house? And sometimes people don't have planets in the seventh house, and that doesn't mean that you're doomed and that you're not going to have a love life. It just means your soul wanted to focus on more than just relationships in this life, but obviously we all have relationships. But you have the planet, or it's a point in the sky or a point on the moon called the North Node. And this is known as the destiny point and the point of the way that you learn your lessons. So the seventh house is not only intimate relationships like marriage and um, romantic relationships, but also just the one-on-one. -on -one. What is the intimacy? So with you having your destiny here, this shows that it is through relationships that you feel this deep part of your destiny, that you feel this is what I'm meant to do. It's when you're with that setting, that group setting, that your heart feels like it can be bursted open and that it's probably through relationships, whether they're difficult or hard or easy or traumatic or whatever they are, that's where you learn your deepest lessons. You're really here to master relationships. That's fascinating. And so from that perspective, so I'm really curious now. So from that perspective then, would you suggest that the work that I do, which is also around relationships and helping people deepen their relationships is a piece of that North Node destiny type thing? Oh yes, 100%. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. So mm -hmm. interesting. So I can see that I'm getting excited as you're talking. I'm like, oh my gosh, this thirst for knowledge. Like I want to know more. I would imagine clients that you see are also this way. They're intrigued and it kind of, because light bulbs are kind of pinging for me as you're speaking about my chart. So 
Is it the same when you work with your clients? Yes. And, you know, I offer just regular birth chart readings and Typically, that's how then I'll start to work with people for a longer period of time. And I work with people on either a five-month or a seven-month container because that's where we then see so much transformation happening. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's once you, it's kind of like you get a little bite of it and you're like, I need the whole beehive. <laughs> <laughs> you get a taste of the honey. <laughs> you too, absolutely. So going back to just that sense of love for a moment and kind of maybe people understanding more around finding somebody who is right for them whether that's their I don't know maybe soulmate you want to call it in in many respects or that soul calling to the soul I'm really interested in that and so at different phases obviously as you've said there are different things coming into this seventh house the planets move around and I suppose in relation to where the sun and the moon and everything else is as well and so how do if people don't have a lot of that activity in their seventh house say for example in their relationship house How do you support people, especially if they're really feeling that I do want somebody, I feel quite lonely? Because I found a lot with my clients recently, those that have been locked down as a single person, feeling very disconnected and very lonely. And I kind of wondered, how do you help your clients through that? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm someone who doesn't have planets in my seventh house, so I can definitely speak to this and saying, you know, how I have experienced loneliness that I would say it's really, really powerful to look to your Venus sign and then also look to what rules the seventh house. And if we were to go through the four elements, so water, earth, air, and fire, this can actually show you what you need. And so really just looking into what you need. So I'll even go through them. So with earth, you want a partner or even just friendships. You know, sometimes it's like start with friendships because if you can just fill your own cup up first, you're going to start attracting more people in, right? You becoming happier is how you become more of a magnet for love because you have to be in love with yourself first. So if we start with Earth, so if your Venus is an Earth sign or if your seventh house is ruled by an Earth sign, which is Taurus or Virgo or Capricorn, you need to feel really secure with this person. You need to feel that you guys can do things in nature together, that, you know, there's this feeling of, oh, we can do acts of service to each other or for each other, that he's going to cook me dinner or I'm going to draw the bath or, you know, all clean or we're going to do something that is actually that we can feel tangibly or materialistically within our hands. And even, you know, starting a business together or making money together because it's all about what is that material and that sense of security and value or going and enjoying things that you can touch and feel and do, you know, go, go get dirty, go build a garden or play with your hands. Um, And then for fire, fire would be there needs to be a lot of passion. And there needs to be excitement, whether it's going to a concert or going and trying new food, going on a run together, anything where it really gets your heart pumping and you feel this, oh my gosh, I'm so excited, there's this energy. So those would be if your Venus or seventh house is ruled by Aries or Leo or Sagittarius, or maybe taking a road trip together or something like that. There needs to be this this thrill almost. And then air, which is what you have over your seventh house, and then also what my Venus and my seventh house is too, is that there needs to be a lot of intellectual conversation 
and so much stimulation because we get bored very easily. <laughs> you know, we're always learning something new. And so people who have this air energy, it's like, okay, can we talk forever? Can we, you know, sometimes even text forever? Can we send little voice notes back and forth? Are we going to feel stimulated when we're together? Can we take courses together? Can we learn? Do we feel like we're evolving and growing together? And can I be in one room and you be in the other room and we're being independent and doing our own thing and then come together and remember, oh yeah, this is why I love you so much, you know? And then anyone who has their Venus or the seventh house in water, which is going to be Pisces, Scorpio, or Cancer, this is where there needs to be a very, very deep level of emotional bonding. You really need to feel like your partner understands you in terms of this is what I feel and I need you to be able to hold space for me. You know, if someone is going through a lot of emotions, whether it's a, a happy emotion or a, a low emotion, if their partner can't help them through that, then it's not going to work out. And it's really recognizing that is your need. So I would say that take, you know, take your chart. You can look and find your chart on any of these apps are on my website, natalieholbrookwellness.com. There's a place where you can map your chart. But just knowing that is really helpful. And before you're even looking for a partnership, start doing this for yourself. Because again, it's that we have to give ourselves that love. And that is how you then start to attract a client or maybe a client if that's what you desire also, <laughs> but a partner, because we have to be secure within ourselves and, you know, be okay without that. And then that person's like, wow, I love what you do. I love who you are. I see how happy you are. I want to be a part of your life too. Yeah. And that's going to help with creating a, a secure attachment as well. Not if you're in a low place and it could potentially attract a toxic relationship, right? And I think, you know, you mentioned before, kind of fill your own cup first, which is kind of what you've just finished off saying there. And I think that is so true. I'm kind of reflecting on some of my clients who come who are looking for love or a relationship. They've been very successful in their own right, but yet they feel like they're missing something. But I think that's one of the messages that I tend to give also is that actually I can't promise that we can get you a partner. But what we can do is work on you and make sure that you are good within yourself. Because like what you've just said, I'm a firm believer that, you know, if you're good within yourself, then that energy radiates out the way and is a real attractor for people to come to you, whether that's, well, in all aspects of your life, it doesn't just have to be in, in you know, kind of finding an intimate relationship. But I think it is so important to do that self-work first, because when you're good, you're good, right? <laughs> exactly. And you know, it's the classic, the classic story of, oh, I found he came to me when I wasn't looking or it happened out of the blue. I, I was just doing me. And then all of a sudden I met this person. I feel like that's the classic case scenario. And yeah. it is. It's when people are just happy within their own selves. So out of all this work that you've been doing with your clients, and you've also been on your own journey and learning all about this for yourself as well, what stands out to you as being some of the key biggest learnings that you've had about the work, but also about yourself? Oh my goodness, so many. Such a deep, great question. I guess in terms of the work, just how validating it is, like I could cry, just how validating it is when people hear these things that I'll reflect back to them that are cosmic, that are from the stars, that they're like, I always felt this way or I always had this dream, but I didn't think that it was possible. I was told that I couldn't do it or I was told that or I had this story in my head that it wasn't me. And just the validation that people get of, wow, I am supposed to do something along these lines or okay, this is in the stars. It's in my chart. How can I deny this piece of myself? 
and watching people transform, watching people go from being lonely, being sad, being miserable in their jobs to realizing through their birth chart and then also with the subconscious reprogramming of this is what I'm here for. This is the life that I'm here to live and stepping into my bigger purpose and being unafraid of that. And so that to me is is just the most epic transformation to see those when people get their confidence and they actually start living the lives that they know that they came here for. And I think for me, my own growth has been really stepping into my confidence also within myself and knowing that I was given this gift. It's very humbling because, you know, I had so many different paths that I was on and going down and I've done a million things in my life. I was a journalist. I used to work in nightlife. Actually, I did sales. I did all of these different things. And that suddenly this is the thing that I never asked for, but was given. And that to me has been my biggest turn on of my faith in this higher power and in all of us being here for this deep reason that we all have these beautiful gifts because that to me was like magic. It was just all of a sudden I knew this thing and if that can happen for me, it can happen for anyone. And the beautiful thing too with that in my chart was that there's these dreams that I've had since I was a little girl that I always just pushed away and was like, no, I can't do that thing or that, you know, maybe if I would have studied it or done it when I was 18 or something. And now that I'm like, no, I know that this is going to happen someday. And it really gives you something to live for and to be excited about and to have this excitement of what's going to happen next. I completely resonate with that because I too kind of live my life in that place of belief as well. And I I think you have to give yourself in many ways permission to move into that space because actually it is okay to be feeling good about who you are and what you're doing and why you're doing it. And I think for me, having struggled quite a lot before coaching, but before that I had many jobs like yourself. I did all sorts of things, loads of different weird and wonderful jobs. It's as though there is just this lovely, gentle guidance when you're kind of saying, I'm ready to use my gifts and talents. I know there's more I can offer the world. There's maybe more I can do to serve or to help others or to share these gifts with people. And then I think when you acknowledge that and you share that openly, there is this beautiful kind of alignment that starts to happen where, you know, just whether it's the stars or the universe, it's just that whole sense of coming together where you are at that point and then everything else seems to fall into place. And I think that word you used is magic. And I think it's absolutely magic when it happens. And I feel it's a shame if our clients don't experience that or the whole world doesn't experience that because I strongly believe it's there for each and every one of us. Do you feel the same? I definitely do. Yeah, because I don't know. I just think why else would we be here? I don't think that we came here to live a hard life. I think that we came here to be supported and that we have our dreams for a reason. And and that's the beauty of the chart too, is that your dreams are shown in the charts, you know, and that, you know, we all have different dreams, right? You and I are going to have different desires and maybe, you know, we both, because you have your Venus and Taurus and I have a Taurus and we both definitely love nice things and we might love the same jewelry or something, but we, the things that we dream of, of like, wow, what would be the most fulfilling thing for me to experience in my lifetime are going to be different. And we're all made up with these different components and different compositions and these sparks of magic within us. And it really is our divine right to live those out. And it's interesting you mentioned the word dreams there because 
this is one of the questions I was going to ask you, actually, in terms of when you're reading somebody's chart and you're working with somebody around their astrology, do you look to the future or are you just more kind of guiding them around what is possible if they move into these different stages of the cosmos through their journey? Yes, I definitely look to the future 100% because that is what's so helpful. For example, if someone is going through a very difficult time, we need to know when are you going to get out of that time and let's look to the future. But even if someone is in just a happier, a, a kind of complacent time even, it's like, well, what else is coming up? What's happening? And we can see that within the stars. That's how we do predictions. You know, even this year, that planet Jupiter of expansion and optimism and abundance is moving through Pisces. And Pisces, again, is this energy of spirituality and also of how is it that we create and create art and music and wherever this is moving through in your house or whichever house it's ruling, that's going to be the area of life that you are going to have more abundance, that you are going to feel more deeply. And for you, it's in this eighth house of transformation. And so there is going to be some deep transformation over the next year, which I wonder if you are already feeling a bit. Mm -hmm. I've been itchy for a while, that kind of sense of itchy feet, kind of like, what's next? I'm kind of ready for that next stage. But yeah, it's interesting, though, because I'm not quite sure how that is going to literally transform. You know, a lot of the work I do is I'm a transformational coach. I Mm -hmm. help others transform, but also I transform myself as I'm going through. So it's interesting. So I'm curious around that sense of not necessarily being attached to a specific outcome. Is that good advice, do you think? Yes, absolutely. Because with that, if we're so attached to something, then I think that it can get in the way of the universe doing its thing. And one of my favorite mantras is this or something better. And so if we're like, oh, I'm so set on this person to date, or I'm so set on this job or this client, and what if it's not that great and it goes away from you and the universe is like, trust me, there's something way better waiting for you. Just chill out, be patient and ramp up your faith within me. And sometimes it can be really hard because sometimes we can be in that waiting period for two to three months. But I think that kind of like what you said earlier, when we align ourselves and when we also come back to ourselves and say, how can I be of service and not be so much focused on what we want or what we're going through, but how can I help others? That allows us to get out of our own way and allows the universe to actually come in and help us faster. Because that's funny enough what I've been doing, just as to share with you, just as far as my meditations have been going of morning, which is, that's what I've been asking is, you know, how can I serve more and, and just allowing that. And I think obviously, because I teach coach to people to be coaches as well in the work that I do. So I train students, people, you know, who want to kind of transform and work with others in this way that we're maybe doing. And one of the things I often say is that you have to just let go and surrender and it is so difficult to do, having tried, you know, over the however many years I've been doing this. So I know it's difficult to do for myself, but it's so difficult for either students who are learning to be a coach or even clients who are really wanting to learn to, to trust themselves more and to trust that actually there is something bigger or there might be something better or something new coming in. Not to feel that sense of I have to control everything and kind of hold the reins really tightly because... I agree with you. If you hold it too tightly, then we're actually blocking ourselves. In a sense, we're kind of getting in our own way. 
Absolutely. And I think that, you know, it's when you try to force something. I remember a few years ago, I was looking for a house and I had this whole idea of everything that I wanted. And I was living with roommates at the time. I had this idea of who I wanted to live with. And I got to this point where I was just feeling desperate. And I was, you know, it was coming down to the day that I needed to be out of my other place. And I was like, I'm just going to go look at a bunch of different places and interview random roommates online and find it all out. And I was feeling so stressed too, where I remember I called my mom and I cried and I was like, okay, I just need to relax and let go. And the next day, one of my best friends connected me with one of her best friends who happened to live there that she was like, oh, I forgot she lives here. And they actually have a place opening up in their house. And I moved in and it was cheaper than the place that I was looking at. You know, these people were already friends of friends. It felt like I moved in with a family. And it's all about those moments of catch yourself when you're trying to force something because that's usually going to be your indication when you're feeling that anxiety when your body, when you're feeling like oh, it's not going to work out or you get this rush of panic, that's when it's really time to let the higher powers take the reins. Fabulous advice and guidance. Thank you. So as we draw our conversation to a close, and it's been wonderful talking to you, and thank you so much for sharing all what you have. It's been really, really insightful for me personally, but also for, <laughs> I'm sure, our audience as well. Have you got any kind of other amazing words of wisdom for our listeners around, whether it's astrology in general, just going on a journey, or just even finding love with self or love with others? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I think that cultivating love with yourself is the most important thing in the whole world of you becoming your own best friend, you know, and we don't need our astrology charts to know how to be our own best friends. Absolutely not. However, it's very helpful to receive that confirmation of, okay, this is why I am the way that I am. So look into your chart, really get to know what is your moon sign, especially because your moon is your core needs. And once you understand that moon sign, you're going to be like, okay, I can breathe. I can do this. And so going there. And I would say that the other thing around love, because I actually, it's funny that this month is going to be all about love because all of last year I went through three heartbreaks. And so I called it my, my year of relationships and learning so much about it. And what I really learned is to get so crystal clear on what is it that you desire and write it out, write it out and to get clear on what is it that you will tolerate and what is it that you won't tolerate because there are going to be people who will come into your field who are so close to the thing that you want. But if there's something that you're like, but at the same time, this just makes me feel insecure within myself or I don't feel seen and loved in the way that I desire to, or he's, or he or she or whatever it is are perfect on paper, but then in person, I don't feel so fulfilled, you know, really tune in and turn up your own intuition and listen to your gut over anything else, because that's your compass. We all have this compass. And once you start to trust that and also communicate with compassion to others and also within yourself, that's the greatest form of love. And I think that that when we are living in the highest alignment of ourselves is how you attract that right person. And just know that it, it is possible for every single person. There is a right place, a right time, just keeping that faith. Amazing. Thank you so much. So I know you mentioned your website before, but could you share that again? So just in case any of our listeners would love to get in touch with you to find out more about the work that you do. Yes. So it's natalieholbrookwellness.com. And I'm very active over on Instagram at well. And that is rise with Natalie. 
Amazing. So please check Natalie's Instagram out or her website. I'm definitely going to be following up for another reading. Yes, <laughs> but I would thank love you to. so but thank you so much. What a wonderful conversation. It's been a pleasure and as I said, really insightful. So thanks so much for that, Natalie. Thank you so much. So nice to be with you today. for tuning in. I'd love to take a moment and tell you about our wellness retreats that will be happening in May 2022 in Mallorca, Spain. My team and I have created four immersive retreats that allows you to take a step back from all the stresses and strains of your daily life in order to focus on your physical, mental, emotional and spiritual well-being. From coaching mastery, mindfulness and meditation, conscious living, and so much more, we offer a nurturing and truly experiential life-enriching environment where you'll reconnect, rediscover, and reaffirm who you are and what you want in your life. If you're interested in learning more, head to the fullcircleglobal.com website and click the Retreats tab. In the meantime, stay well, invite joy and curiosity into your life. See you soon.